Hey, welcome to the Dell Golf Podcast. My name is David Adell, and let's sit down at the workbench and talk about how we can play our best golf. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. One of the things that has made Adell putters unique is the concept of torque balance. It was something I came up with about eight or nine years ago, and uh, it's been kind of part of the huge process at Adele Golf, and because uh, I just believe in it so much. It's a concept that isn't widely used today throughout the industry, and I, I can't fathom why not. It makes the most logical sense of anything in the industry, as far as putting goes. And today we're going to answer a couple of questions about torque balance and explain exactly what it's all about. So let's get to it. So uh, let's define what the concept of torque balance is all about by my definition, and maybe it'll make sense to you also. Torque balance is what I would deem something that would not put torque on a putter, meaning that when you move the putter back and forth, that the putter head is not wanting to change directions, which is basically a definition of torque. We would want a putter to be stable, in every position on the inclined plane. So the, the the ticket here is the inclined plane, meaning the angle that the putter sits on, whether it's 68 to 70, whatever, right? So a putter is technically, most putters are technically torque balanced at a 90 degree angle or basically being suspended vertically, uh, let's say from your fingertips. So the putter is just so complying to gravity. But the minute you put that puppy on the inclined plane, it wants to do some funky stuff. And so the job of the designer in theory is to, in logical theory, is to make a putter that doesn't want to move around just because it's on the inclined plane, which it's designed to be on, right? I mean, we're we're mandated by the USGA to have a minimum of an 80-degree lie angle. I mean, a maximum of an 80-degree lie angle, and they don't really set a limit on how flat it can be. But it can only be at 80 degrees. So we can't have it perfectly 100, you know, 90 degree vertical uh, putter plane. So when you put it on the inclined plane, due to design and, and the, the axis of the putter's gyration, meaning the shaft plane, how it enters the head, and then the weighting distribution within the head, not just from toe to, to heel, but from front to back, in the concepts of offset, either forward offset or a back set, or onset produces different values of torque. So with that being said, it's the job of the designers to, I would think, build a golf club that is stable on the inclined plane because, I mean, that's where we're working from, right? So we wouldn't want something that in changes of direction from taking it back from a resting position and then working forward, that that putter would want to change its position. Now, you might want that if you aim really bad. <laughs> if you aim really left or you aim really right, right aimers really suffer from this because the putters in general are all constructed to open on the inclined plane. It, it's very difficult to make a putter that will want to close. So so most putters open, so so conceptually right aimers have to, you know, manipulate path or rotate the face open. Or, I mean closed. Where left aimers and this is where I think a lot of the issues come from is a lot of the designers are building golf clubs for better players. And in general, 
Better players aim left. My tour average is about nine inches left of the hole. So a lot of these putters are designed to open through impact because of left aim bias. And what causes left aim bias, we've talked about it in other podcasts, but it's basically putters uh, general construction, forcing focus to move back on a putter, generally makes a putter look open so the player visually feels like they have to close it. So this kind of bias in the in the design of the putter from an alignment standpoint, from a from a graphics, from a uh, structural standpoint, generally produces left aim bias in most good players. Therefore, the toe hang scenario and this toe flow garbage that I hear about, I hear toe flow, I want to throw up because to me the toe doesn't flow. It doesn't it doesn't close. 8802s don't want to want to flow closed they just want to flow open it's the torque that forces the player to rotate the face right so so in general putters are designed to open because they have left aiming bias well on the other hand i feel like all the putters that we try to make they go through the fitting process aim fantastically well or if not just good but most people aim so poorly that just getting them near the hole is an amazing validation of the process. But we can fine-tune it to get them to aim perfectly. And if I can do that, why would I want the putter to rotate during motion? It would make no sense. If I got you aiming it perfectly on your, on your intended line, whether it's straight uphill or on a braking putt that you know your brake, why in the heck would you want that puppy to open up? It makes absolutely no sense. So why would you want torque involved in it? So that was my endeavor was to build a line of putters that as torque-free as I could get them to be. And so when we talk about torque-free, what am I talking about? So we all, if you don't know what, what torque balance is versus toe hang, if you put your finger, you know, lay a putter across your finger, you're either going to, it's going to lay at a degree from vertical, right? So an 8802 style putter is going to hang real down. It's, I mean, your toe is almost going to be pointing at the ground. Where, you know, the concept of face balance, the putter is going to be, you know, where the face is parallel to the ground. So if, if you think about the dialogue in putter toe hang, it has only dealt with parallel to the ground and pointing at the ground forever, it hasn't been since companies like myself or uh, Directed Force or, or Axis Putters, even Callaway came out with a line a few years ago that kind of mimicked what we were doing, that actually dealt or talked about the concept from parallel to the ground to toe up. Toe up is the holy grail when it comes to concepts of torque, right? So the putter is more inert when the toe is vertical because when you put it on the inclined plane, the torque values in that putter, the axis of that putter's gyration is not trying to open. So it really is, it's the most valid concept in putting. And that's one of the big problems when we go head to head in some of these putting competitions is if you had somebody testing 20 or 30 putters that had toe hang or torque values that were pretty substantial, and then you grab a torque balance putter and it doesn't have that, those manipulations that are naturally inherent to those stroke patterns are not going to be needed during a putt. I guess the analogy would be like if you're driving down the highway 
and you had a car that, you know, we've all had that in the past, you know, when we got crappy cars, and that thing wanted to pull right or wanted to pull left. It was wiggling all over, you know, and, and that's kind of what normal putting is all about. You have a putter that's always trying to change its direction, just like you driving the car down the road and the wheel is pulling you right or it's pulling you left because the alignment's bad, right? So you develop a driving pattern that is all about, you know, keeping that sucker in the middle of the road. And when you grab torque balance and you're like, wow, I don't have to do that. This is so simple. But yet it's kind of complicated in the beginning because you're so used to manipulation, making compensations. Hey, I've really enjoyed putting together this podcast for y'all. It's been such a great avenue to share all this information I've been collecting over the years. And we want as many golfers to find out about this as possible. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be a huge help to us if you could subscribe to podcasts, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, screenshot that, and send it to podcasts at edelgolf.com. I'll repeat that quickly. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, screenshot, and send it to podcasts at edelgolf.com. To say thank you, we're going to be giving away one of our brand new putters that are coming out this June to one lucky winner. These putters are awesome, and I bet your odds of winning are going to be pretty good. So enter this competition, and the best of luck. Torque balance, in my opinion, was like, oh my God, it was like the most amazing thing when I found it. And it was my own invention. And it was other people's inventions. But in my own mind, the world that I was living in, I'd never heard of it before, never thought of it before. And when I came up with it, I was like, oh my God, this makes the most sense around. And other people had the same idea. Axis came out with their their stuff at the same time. I had no clue what they were doing. I found it in a different way, and I designed my putters in a different way to do it. I'm not saying one's right or wrong, one's better than the other. I believe my whole process is better. But, you know, if you aim your putter incorrectly and you have torque balance, you might want torque, right? So so just having a putter that can profess toe up is not the secret. It's can you aim your putter? Is it weighted correctly? And is it not going to be muddled up by poor design and torque and physics messing up a really good aiming putter, right? And then you got to couple it with, can I read a green, right? So, man, putting is super complicated. The ball dwells on the putter face the shortest time in putting. It's on and off of it. So all this concept of heel and toe waiting really does not matter, because if that heel and toe waiting scenario and all this MOI that's being talked about changes the direction of the putter at impact, what value does it have if it's doing that? It doesn't make any logical sense. Yes, a putter may shudder a little bit, but it ain't going to knock it off the line. The ball is on the putter face. 0.0125 of a second. That's a millisecond, folks. It's not on there long enough to be compressed and, and go through gear effect and all the, all the factors that are involved with hitting a driver, right? Or an iron, right? We're not having spin loft per se. And yes, there is factors that produce side spin and uh, hook and cut spin. I've done a lot of research with uh, my Quintic on it. 
But if you fit a putter to the correct loft, right, and you don't have face rotation going on, um, you're going to have less side spin rotation, and I've proven it. I mean, it's amazing to think that in studies that I've done, putters with toe hang, on average, in the backstroke transition are eight degrees open, right, to a square plane line. So, of course, there's the arc involved, so that's why. But with torque balance, it drops in half, and so does the forward face rotation numbers. So those that face closure scenario of eight degrees closing to trying to get to zero again, that produces toe acceleration and you add loft to that, you add the elliptical motion of down, out, and forward, up, and down, that's what produces side spin rotation. Side spin rotations come from rise angle, loft, and face closure rates, okay? Either opening or closing. So if that's going on, right, because of the design of the putter, and then, man, you throw in bad aim and a poorly weighted putter, you got a scenario for disaster, right? So controlling face rotation rates is imperative to golf. Aiming is imperative to golf, right? So there is a solution. We train our fitters to understand these concepts so that when you go and get fit by them, these concepts are you're going to be infused into your game. Logically, this makes sense. I don't do stupid stuff. I don't I don't hitch my trailer to illogical concepts. Yes, I did a long time ago make putters that had a lot of toe hang that weren't torque balanced. Man, I tell you what, I used to get putters back from people that weren't happy. They'd come in and aim that putter perfectly well. Thing was amazingly accurate in the aim at address, static aim, right? But then in motion, it was wonky. Mallets with a lot offset, though a person could aim it, were the most obtuse Putters out there, they wanted to really rotate open so people really struggled with them, even though they aimed them really well. So when I stumbled on torque balance, and I came across it in a very unique, fun way, I was trying to create a, a putter teaching device that would, under different rates of acceleration, would force the putter f- to open up. It was a ball bearing thing on a shaft. It was a training putter. It wasn't one that would fix to your putter. But when you accelerated the putter, the intention was that the putter would roll open if you over-accelerated, because I was under that that uh, delusion at the time. And, uh, you know, I was just following the mantra. I was a lemming, you know, following the Pied Piper of, of the industry and and uh, wasn't as free a thinker in certain scenarios. And then I found out through putting my putters on there that when I accelerated the putter in the forward motion... Or in the backward motion, if I loosened it to a certain variability of looseness, all my putters were opening. And I was like, wow, <laughs> these things are not stable, right? And I was like, it hit me like a like a two-by-four upside the head. And so I, gra- I had this really cool hosel. I call it the forward, off- uh, forward set, and it, it would arch forward with a zero offset scenario. And I put the narrowest putter on there, which was like an answer-style putter, and it was pretty stable. And then I put some tungsten, uh, just I just took sticky tape, and I put tungsten on the heel of it, and the toe went straight up in the air. And I loosened the ball bearing completely to totally loose, and the putter did not move moving back and forth. And I was like, that was my aha moment. And I went, wow, this is where I got to go. So that's torque balance. That's in a nutshell my belief around it. 
It makes sense. It's logical. Can I get every putter to look, you know, to look like a putter actually and actually be torque balanced? Some putters like mallets, I lose a little bit of it. I might get it to one o'clock or two o'clock, depending on how much offset and the lie angle. Lie angle has a big, big effect to it. But yeah, I mean, it's, this is, this is the ticket, folks. So if you really want to see how you could take your hands off the handlebars and ride the bicycle without crashing into the ditch, Get torque balance. I promise you, it's it might be a little bit of an adjustment because you're so used to manipulating. But if you get that puppy fit to aim, you get it weighted correctly, man, torque balance is the holy grail. And then you go see an aim point fitter, learn how to read a green correctly, you become pretty dangerous. A hole gets pretty big and your visualization starts to pop off. So anyway, I hope that helps. I hope that's a, a decent explanation. I look forward to any of your questions. You know, I, I dig it. And I'm here for you. So if you have any questions about putter design, I'll give you my two cents. You know, I'm not a physicist. I'm, you know, I'm just a PGA pro that's been doing this for 25 years now. I think I'm a heavy thinker. I live 24-7 thinking about putting and how to help people. And most importantly, I try not to paint myself in a corner and I try to do the right thing every time. So if that makes sense to you, ask me questions. I'll give you my, my two cents. I'll give you my best answer. I think that adv- my advice will help you and it'll guide you and direct you to make really good decisions for yourself. So this question was, what's the next step for torque balance technology? And can it be improved? And if so, how and would it differ from what the big OEMs are doing with their putters? Well, that's a good question. You know, torque balance came to me via me inventing a this little teaching aid. This was back probably 10 years ago. I wanted to create something that was kind of like, you know, not a medicus kind of thing, but something that was like that would show you when you moved the putter back and forth that you were doing it wrong or over accelerating, which I'm not a big fan of, obviously. So I created this tension device that basically it wasn't for your putter. It was a, a training putter and it was it was a barrel swivel thing that that controlled the tension. But if you loosened it all the way, it would allow the putter to spin 360. It was on a ball bearing. And so I created this device and then I went and put it on some of the putters that I had and I couldn't keep them from opening. They would all open up. And I was like, oh my God. And the putters that I struggled the most with, with people either returning or saying they struggled were mallets with a lot of offset, which we had a lot of offset in our fitting system. So we had a lot of offset and then we had the ability to have a mallet on it or a blade. But the putters that were the mallets with the most offset, I had a big, you know, rack full of them that were returned or people frustrated that we had to refit. And it made sense because those putters were really out of balance to their axis of gyration because they had a lot of mass to the right of the shaft's axis. So they were always trying to rotate underneath the shaft. And then I had this one hosel that was a forward hosel. And when I put it on a narrow head and then I put a little piece of tungsten in the heel, that putter was toe up, and I went, oh, my God, and that thing never moved. Even when I loosened the swivel completely loose, it stayed stable. And I went, wow, this is mind-blowing. And so that is where the genesis of, of torque balance came for me. And subsequently, other companies like Axis came out at about the same time. And then you have Directed Force, who've come out much later. The technology 
kind of we stumble across things and we see things as as valuable. When I first started making putters, I thought, oh, okay, aim was more important than how the physics of the putter worked. And I was wrong. You know, uh, yeah, aim is important, but also the physics of the putter change where the face is, is pointing at the moment of impact. So is it important that it aims at address if it's not aiming at impact? Well, no, it's not, because the only thing that matters is impact. So, but if we can aim it at address and then it aims at impact, then we've done our job and because it's a lot easier to keep something aiming if it's already aiming and and it's a lot easier to keep it aiming at an impact if the physics isn't beating it up. So everything I've tried to do is build a process around um, torque balance. Now, how can we improve torque balance? One of the difficult things about torque balance is, you know, we're, we're, we're changing the physics of how that putter wants to respond on the inclined plane. And it's, it's very easy to make something that is a hundred percent stable, but doesn't look like a putter. That is the big problem that we have with torque balance is how do we sustain the toe up scenario and have the putter look beautiful, right? How can we keep it traditional looking? And that's always been my, my dilemma is how do I create what I want to create, but not lose the aesthetics of a a putter looking like a putter and not a mashed potato masher? And how do I make it respond the correct way with physics? And, you know, our, our stuff 100% torque balance. Well, a lot of the things that, you know, make a putter torque balance are, they variate. So a flatter lie angle is always going to make it easier to have torque balance. A more upright lie angle, you end up changing that shaft's axis, how it goes through the through a, a virtual point in the head and you, it, the more vertical you make that shaft, the more you have to move the f- either the hosel forward or it projects past the middle or be inside the middle line of the putter. So what we're trying to do is manipulate mass in the putter by taking weight out of the toe, putting it more into the heel, creating these axes. Mallets tend to be the hardest because they, they put a lot of mass to the right of the putter. Um, you know, from the shaft's plane looking down, or, you know, left-handed would be the left. But shifting that mass to the right makes that mass want to rotate underneath. So you have to do unique things to that head to make it sustain torque balance versus a very thin putter like an answer-style head. So, yeah, I mean, working all the time at it and, you know, torque balance, the way I'm doing it, I think it's it's in a good spot with how it's working because in the end, you know, having something 100% perfectly torque balanced, but not having it aim doesn't have the same value as one that can aim. So we still are 100% focused in the aim. We let torque balance. We try to make everything as torque balanced or toe up as possible. Sometimes it lists a little bit, you know, if 12 o'clock was toe up, maybe sometimes it gets to 2 o'clock. But, man, that's way better than it being the industry calls face balance or I call sky balance because it's not face balance or anything toe hanging. And so the torque balance is, is, it is kind of what it is, where it is, where it is right now. So very happy with it. Most people don't know anything about it. And if they did, you know, there was a line of putters that came out from one of the OEMs. It was called Toe Up and, and it was, it wasn't well received. People didn't understand what it was about. Some people absolutely loved it. You know, that's our job right now, like in these podcasts, is to talk about torque balance. So what the other OEMs are doing is they're creating these mallets. It seems to be a big, you know, they, everybody 
has an answer style putter. So then the industry said, Hey, how do we sell more putters? Well, let's create some crazy looking putters and people are going to buy them. Then we'll get them out on tour and tour players are going to win with them because they're going to be forced to play with them. Then people are going to go to your big box retailers and want one of those putters. But what they're doing is they're, these mallets have all this mass to the right of the putter and they can, they can say they're face balanced, but they're as, as crazy torquey as a toe hanging putter. Because there's so much mass so far away from that shaft's axis of its gyration. So that's, I think, how we, I differ is, I, you know, I care about all the factors that matter that my, my competitors are just trying to sell putters. And I mean, my competitors, I'm saying the larger OEMs are building product to sell. They, you know, uh, they're not really trying to, they'd love you to become a better putter. And, uh, but in the end, they really want to sell you a lot of putters because that's what, they have to do. That's how they have to keep their stockholders happy. So selling putters is the key and having you buy a putter every year is what they're after. So I'm not after that. I'm, you know, I'm tickled to death that somebody has had a putter for 15 years and never wanted to change it. You know, I'd rather just keep fixing it for them and making it look pretty and refinishing it. So I'd rather get their friends and their family and, and other people at their club because I know everybody at a club doesn't have one of my putters, even though I think they should only because it would be fit for them but yeah i mean it's it's that's the that's the difference in the philosophy of adele golf versus oem golf is they're there to sell a lot of units and you know yeah would i like to sell a lot of units yeah i would obviously i want to be successful but i also want to do it the right way and do it for the right reasons so i hope that answers your question So this question comes from a longtime Adele user who has a classic Adele putter. And the question is, I still gain my Adele Classic that I was fitted for 8 to 10 years ago and was curious if there was any way to achieve torque balance with different sole weights. Well, that's a good question. And uh, now torque is what you're talking about. Is there a way to... Cause Getting to what we would deem torque balance would be just like perfect toe up. And it would depend a little bit on the hosel that you have. If you have any offset or if you have a more traditional hosel, quite a bit more difficult because of where that shaft's entering into the, you know, the shaft plane from the hosel, how it's entering into the head. You know, if you had a virtual line going down the shaft, where is that going through the head? That's how you have to think about torque. The more that line moves towards the middle of the putter or past it, then towards the toe, the more torque balance you're going to get. So it sounds like you have weight ports in the bottom of your putter. What you can do is you can take and put a heavy 21-gram weight, put it in the heel, and put the 6-gram in the toe. And I guarantee you a significant change in how that putter face wants to open during impact. If you have a classic, the tendency is it will have an opening function to it. And it depends a lot on your acceleration patterns. So the more accelerative, like short and more like I'd say more snedicary, we call them short linears, where you have abrupt acceleration pattern, toe hang is going to be less of your friend than someone who has a longer, what we would call long linear or a radial stroke, where it's a little longer pattern, slower, more classic changes in tradition into uh acceleration changes so it goes back slower comes through slower but it's longer and it's in the length creates speed but it doesn't create a, a jolt as much to the face as a sh a short linear acceleration pattern but yes i would play with the weights even take the weight out of the toe you know it doesn't necessarily have to 
to be there. And, you know, if down the road, you know, we get more questions like this and more people wanting to retrofit their, we can just make an aluminum weight that weighs, you know, very little. So you have something in the cavity so it doesn't look funky. But yeah, more mass in the heel, less in the toe. And that's what I would always have classically used in the past. If I had somebody that the face was opening up too much because of their acceleration pattern, I would make the heel heavier and the toe lighter. So those are things you can do with any putter, whether you have a, you know, a Scotty or something. If you wanted to change your toe flow, or I guess well, that's what the industry calls it, if you want to change the, uh, the toe pattern of how it hangs or releases easier, make the toe lighter than the, than the heel. So, yeah, hope that helps. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adele Golf Podcast. Make sure you stay tuned for more podcasts coming your way on a regular basis. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in going through a fitting process and finding the best putter for you, head over to AdeleGolf.com. Go to the Find a Fitter tab. Scroll down and find a fitter in your state nearby. Find a putter that you know is custom fit for your best performance. That's it for today. We'll see you next time 